Dare I say, a course with some teeth, would I challenge that this crop of golfers is the best we've seen so far this year? Am I willing to say that this might be the softest pricing we've ever seen at a non-major event on DraftKings? You're damn right I will. And we're back at Muirfield again. Back to back, Jack, as the cut line is here to break down the memorial. Woo! I'm so anxious, and as always, to break this tourney down. But first, hello Canada, hello Australia, eh, Australia, hello USA, and special hello to the UK. Hi Lee. Shout out to our lone listener in Ireland. Man, I wish I knew who you were. I would send you some cut line gear. Hello, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, New Zealand. Zach and I are thankful for your time as we continue to put out the wittiest, most analytical, hilarious, entertaining, and informative podcast out there. So if this is your first time listening to the cut line, welcome. And if you're a returning listener... <laughs> chicken, Peter, you just a little chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. Are you calling a chicken? Come on. You're not good. You, you're just a chicken. Chip, 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 chip. Bunch of chickens. What the hell is that? You never, you never seen the room? I have. No, it, it, it brings back some memories. But no. the, I like, the, I like your insertion here. That, that's the, good. Be, <laughs> the best, best worst movie of all time. Uh, well played. Chip, 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 chip. It's gonna be in my head for weeks now. Thanks. I do what I can. I am Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. And the Memorial is soon to be my favorite tournament of the year. Why, you ask? Well, I am going to take down the $200 single entry. That's right. 100K to first place yeah but this show this show's glue is my co-host the 6k maestro the high flying 300 yard driving pin seeking son of a gun zero iron zack my tie manafort dives with sharks jives on the dance floor no longer in hangover purgatory just partying 24 7 number 18 in your programs number one in our hearts mulligan manafort at EaglesFan83 on Twitter, Zach Manafort. Zach, what's up, man? How you been? What's going on? It's been good. It's been uh, it's been an experience this week. It's been fun. We're hitting some plays. We're doing pretty well. I think we're starting to heat up as we get into the middle of the season. I don't know where we're at anymore. We call this the middle. Um, but it's been going good. Been having a good time. And Memorial's here. We're at the same course. I'm not a big fan of that, but... Whatever, we're gonna make it work, and we're gonna alter the course a little bit and have some fun. Getting on fire here. So, so I got to bring back an old bit that we used to do. Yes. All right, here it comes. You have to fill out a form just to throw something in the garbage. That sucks, Beavis. You're a stupid dumbass. Ass clown. You dumbass! You're a dumbass! Such a dumbass! You are a colossal asshat. Oh! Um, no! I beg to differ! Oh dear God! You see, my name's Billy! 
and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. Your fiance is an asshat. He's not an asshat. Watch your language, okay? Oh, what language? Mr. Dumbass, I can bring a lot well, to dumbass. This and is dumbass. the dumbass award that we used to dumbass award to the, the worst play or plays so, of the week by our listeners, man, but Mr. Dumbass. This week's dumbass award goes to the PGA Tour and its television broadcast. How in God's green earth do you not play the end of the tournament during a pandemic that's itching for sports? And it was phenomenal. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, phenomenal. I no words. No words. It, it was absolutely poorly handled, poorly managed. I, I just don't. I can't nothing else to say. Now, if this was a call by like TV networks, someone better have lost their job. You have to. I mean, people are like fiending for this stuff, and it's like, come on. I know it's just PGA, and some people don't care. A lot of people be like, it's just PGA. I want to watch my show, but come on, man. The rest of us, we got nothing else to watch. We want to watch the golf. Come on. Uh, it was it's an embarrassment and once again pga drops the ball their contracts whatever they have with their tv sponsors drop the ball it i was glued to the tv i i I had no skin in the game at that point in terms of winning big money but when i mean when jt hit that like 50 footer and was roaring it was insane insane and morikawa with ice in his veins man holy shit I, i love it i love it I love that he sealed it. I didn't really have a, a lineup to compete with it, but man, I love seeing him win. So congratulations, PGA. You are this week's dumbass. Wah, wah. All right, so let's go straight into our good, bad, ugly, our good plays, plays that are really helped our lineups that were low-owned. Um, bad plays, lineup killers that necessarily weren't bad, uh, like weren't bad plays to look at, but um, kind of like just did us in, and then our ugly just like mistakes we wish we didn't make so first of all i'm gonna go with my good um i know which way you're gonna go and i agree with you i was on him too but i think my good man was ian poulter no one was on him finished fifth place he was a great call yeah no absolutely 100 percent agree on that one um uh, for me it was I, I really felt good about the whole thing man i, I nailed marikawa woodland uh, Cantley. i was on it except for when you get to my i'll just straight, i'm gonna jump straight to my ugly jordan speed man I said I was going to be overweight on him, and that is absolutely what killed me this weekend. I should have won a ton of money, but I had way too much Jordan Spieth. Ugly. Yeah, I had a little bit of Jordan Spieth. I know I talked about having ownership on him, but I think he gained some steam towards like closer to Thursday, so I really scaled back on my ownership there. My bad was Benny on, and he was a great call. I'm going to play him again this weekend. But, man, just his first round was so bad. He was terrible. And then he was going to make the cut, and the, the rain came, and he, he ended up going just minus six on that second round and just barely missing it. What a hell of a round, by the way, in that second round. And it would have yeah. got plenty of six of sixes through for me. It just didn't happen. Um, going to the ugly, I faded G, JT. You know, I, I, I took the risk of fading the top dog. I, I, I knew if he made the cut, he was going to top ten, top five. I was hoping he would miss it, and I'd get huge leverage on the field. Could have easily made lineups with JT and Morikawa. Got the advantage of, you know, extra golf, but hindsight is foresight, right? Yeah, no, I I, I paid JT too. I didn't think he was going to top five at all, but I was way off. And then my bad is Grio. 
Great course history here. I just don't know why I bother. He, the guy can't putt, and for whatever reason, it's telling to play him again this week, but I'm not going to. Well, it's just so – he's always so tempting, right? Yeah, he does well here, historically, but no, no, it's just not worth it. He'll, he'll go off this week, but I'm not playing it. Maybe. We'll see. It's a very different field this week. Yeah, that's true. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Memorial Tournament at Mirfield. And we're going to do the best we can. feel pretty good. <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not scared at all. I just feel kind of... feel kind of invincible. <laughs> Me too. I got a very positive attitude about this. Good. Me too. Yeah. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in, in timely wax greenside sand traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. <laughs> Careful. Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. The cut line is here to give you the plays to build your best lineups week in and week out. And the goal is for you to be on the wiener's end of this game called Draft Daily Fantasy Sports. DraftKings, the cut line is going to take you there. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. But Zach, it's Wednesday night. Lineups lock very early the next morning. What are you going to be doing? Well, this week we had an announcement here in Hawaii that we are extending the no tourism policy for another month. So I am pretty much going to be bored out of my mind. So this week I'm going to make sure I do not miss out and go overweight on speed. I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports this week. That's right. Not doing anything crazy. Steal on your line, and I'm taking Fanshare Sports this week. Watch finish. Fanshare Sports, the best ownership projections in the industry. How do I know this? Because I do them. That's right. I am averaging an RSQ over 0.9. Impossible. For those of you that don't understand that, that means I am basically getting an A in projections. Fanshare Sports is also good for research. Lots of tools. If you're not subscribed to Fanshare Sports, please, please, please go sign up. Use the words CUTLINE to get 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. Memorial is right around the corner. Thursday. Star-studded field has seen plenty of winners, including Tiger Woods, Morikawa last week, which technically wasn't the Memorial, but we'll count him anyway. (laughs) Cantlay, Decky, Bryson, and of course the Duff man. Question is, who's going to win next? Zach, course breakdown, give it to me. Yep, so I won't go too much into crazy detail because he probably listened to us last week, and if he didn't, I'm still going to recap a little bit. So, Muirfield Golf Club, 7,392 yards par, 72 bent grass greens. Course difficulty was one of the harder courses on tour last year, creating out 13th of 49th of courses played. So, the question is, what's different? We know we've got 5,000 square foot greens. We know we've got harder than average greens to hit in regulation. We've got moderately easy fairways to hit. And really, we got 13 water hazards in play and nine holes and 73 bunkers. So, what's different? Basically, we're going to increase the speed of the greens. We're going to move from about 11 on the stint meter to 13. That's moving pretty quick. That's an extra two feet. Um, so, guys are going to have to learn how to putt. And if they were comfortable putting last week, this might throw them off by having to add two extra 
uh, feet and speed onto their, onto their putt. So keep an eye on that. Additionally, they're lengthening out some of the holes um, that were historically played on shorter uh, on the par fours. And we got the long par fives in play as well. And then the last thing is they're letting the rough grow out a couple inches. So we should have about three inches of rough, uh, which may cause some issues, especially when driving accuracy comes into play on some of those longer holes that they're not used to. Uh, there is supposed to be quite a bit of rain coming in, into the forecast this week, so we will keep an eye on that. We are still on bent grass greens for the most part, with a little bit of poa stretched out through uh, some of the greens, but I would rely heavily on the bent grass, um, bent grass little category there. Lost my train of thought. Whatever. Anyway, so what are we going to do? So AM, PM, rain advantage. It looks like that's what's going to really be the make or break this week. Last week we didn't really see much. Uh, as far as, actually we really haven't seen much weather advantage the last couple of weeks, but I think this week we'll start seeing it. So what we're looking at now is Thursday morning, we're going to see, you know, 7, 8 mile an hour winds with gusts up at 22. That's going to pick up into 12 mile an hour with steady, up to 17 to 24 mile per hour gusts, with some rain kicking in in the afternoon into Friday morning, and then the wind's settling down all the way down to like 2 to 3 miles an hour in the afternoon Friday. So right now, as it stands on whatever day this is, Monday when we're recording this, the weather looks good for a Thursday a.m., Friday p.m. tea time, but just keep an eye on that because the forecast will likely change as we approach the tee off early Thursday morning. For the weekend we're looking at, Saturday looks pretty clear right now. A little bit of rain in the forecast in the afternoon, but then Sunday could be a wild one. We're seeing rain, uh, gusts of wind up to 20 to 24 miles an hour all throughout the day with some rain in the morning and the evening. So could be uh, a little bit of a wild card here going into the weekend. So keep an eye on the weather. That'll be something you're definitely going to want to look at especially when it comes to Wednesday night, that could give you quite the advantage. So for me, I'm going right back to the well. I did pretty well on the guys that I graded out, so I'm sticking with the same kind of stats, and that's Strokes gain, ball striking, GIR's gain, par 4 scoring from 450 to 500, Strokes gained approach, good drives, which includes length and accuracy, which is definitely going to be key now that they lengthen some of them holes, and then Strokes gain, par 5, because those are going to be your scoring holes this week, as we saw again last week. So that is what I'm hitting this week. What about you? I am going to hit plenty of the same stats that I looked at last week. Um, ball striking approach, strokes gain off the tee actually was a very surprisingly important stat due to the added length of this course. Uh, I I am talking more about accuracy, but uh, on Fantasy National, I'll be looking at good drives gained. Strokes gain, tee to green, scoring, scrambling, and bounce back. I always love those guys who get a bogey and then come back because there's plenty of bogey. bogey opportunity here um so it'll be interesting to see how the course plays out uh most likely be paying attention to twitter seeing what news comes out how the rough looks everything that you know that is happening out in ohio but um i'm excited for the memorial i i, I love the field i think it's the soft pricing it's fun it's gonna be a good one it's gonna be great these two putts from victory only needs one Got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this could take us to our birdie or better segment where Zach and I break down each tier of golfer all the way from 11K down to 7K. We're going to give you a look at our favorite plays as well as the golfers that we intend to potentially avoid. So we're going to start in that 11 to 10K range, and I I, I got to do it right away. He's my He's my favorite play in this range and it's dustin johnson i i know you i know you hate it i know you hate it i know you hate it now 
Since we come back in the last 24 rounds, he's 22, ranks 22 in the field in strokes gained T to green, 19th in ball striking, 11th off the tee. He's, he's 69th in short game, which I would say in a, in 99th around the green. But if he's hitting greens, he's going to be on fire. He's going to finish in the top five. Dustin Johnson is one of my favorite plays this week just because of the fact that he won two weeks ago. He has figured his stuff out. This I wouldn't go that far. Oh, come on. He got he got a hot putter when he won. That's what terrible, does... terrible off the tee, which you need here. You need here. You're you're interrupting. You're sorry. interrupting. It's all right. I just have a really you know me and Dustin Johnson. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. So in my approach rank model, he ranks number one. My scoring model, number one. My putting model, number four. Off the tee, number three. Look, in terms of his historic performance here at Mirfield, eighth in 2018, miscut in 2017, third, 13th, and 46. He's got an average finishing position of 17th. Is that going to make up for his $10,300 salary? No, but Dustin Johnson coming back, going to win. DJ, let's do it. <sighs> you may retort, sir. Um, You know, I don't, as much as I, I have disliked Jordan Dustin Johnson over the past year. I think this is probably a good spot for him. I think he comes in with confidence. I think you're right. Although it does worry me that he had a hot putter when he won at the Travelers and he was a little bit rough off the tee. Uh, but he had he has been historically good off the tee. So I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch that one up. I just don't know if he can win again. I don't know, but I don't know we're we're seeing back to back DJ in a field like this. That's my only concern that he's too high priced at this point. The only thing that throws me off. To, uh, Dustin Johnson if he, is if he gets like touted like crazy and his ownership just goes through the roof and that that's just how I'm going to leverage from Dustin Johnson I don't think I'm going to go to him in that instance if that's what's going to happen um, any one of these top tier golfers can win this tournament that that's completely true and completely evident but Dustin Johnson is just my favorite he grades out well and at looking at early ownership trends I think he he's just the best option that's fair. Oh, I mean, I don't disagree with you. But I will say that, again, I'm at the top and bottom of this range. I usually am not in this range at all. But I I don't know. Again, I, I just can't turn away from Bryson. The dude is just playing out of his mind. I'm with you. He, I'm he absolutely, hasn't finished yeah. below eighth in, since February. The guy's his putter's on fire. He's hot off the tee. His approach is like, eh, up and down. But, I mean, he is crushing the ball and finding ways to win. And then when he gets on the green, and it's super, even these super small greens, he's killing it with a flat stick. I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I say DJ can't win back-to-back with Bryson coming off his last win on his last appearance. I don't know. I just feel like Bryson's in a place where he just can't he can't lose. DeChambeau in the last 24 rounds. This is insane. Okay, he's third in the field in tee to green. First yeah. in ball striking. Eighth in uh, short game, first off the tee, 21st in approach. He's 94th around the green, which I'm not surprised about, but he's third in putting, first in DraftKings points. That tells me that you don't fade DeChambeau here, especially in MME. Now, it's it's so tough with, with the way JT finished last week. This is so great because everyone's playing such, I mean, with the exception of Rory, is playing such good golf in this top range that the ownership should be pretty spread out. It is, and people are going to make stands and, and decide where to, you know, where they're going to 
where they're going to play. The one thing, the one argument I will make about DeChambeau is that though he's putting really well right now, historically he has not putted well on like speedy, fast, tough greens. That's true. So that that's something that would throw you off. The other thing that would throw me off DeChambeau is is people might buy into this narrative with Brooks Kepka. You know, they're going back and forth, which I think is a fun game for them on Twitter, saying, <laughs> you know, steroids this, steroids that. And yeah. and the the joke of the Sports Illustrated naked issue with Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Long story short, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, even though I just basically did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious if that will build up this week, if people are going to buy into that narrative. I know I'm going to buy into it for Brooks when we get down to him, but... Um, but that, that's a different reason for Brooks. But I, I'm, I'm with you on DeChambeau. The stats are there. They all say, hey, play me, play me. And, you know, he's going to have suppressed ownership because of how loaded this 11K, 10K, and 9K range is with, with the talent of golfers available. Yeah, I mean, even though he has struggles on fast greens, he won here in 2018, so he can he can do it. All right, who else do you have in this, uh, this top range, this 11 to 10K range? I go back to Morikawa. I was on him last week. He doesn't have to travel. He's in a good place. He obviously wasn't rattled by anything. I, I just think confidence is key here. And you just come out and you got everything dialed in. And you know you trust your shots. He grades up number three overall for me. Six in good drives. Fifth in approach. Ninth in ball striking. I, I don't know. For 10000 it's too cheap. My issue with Morikawa is that there, these, the stint meter is going to change drastically, and he's not a consistent putter. And we know that the most consistently changing metric every tournament is is the short stick, right? Yeah. I, I he putted out of his mind last week. Like he did. I I out of his mind. Actually, he, he hasn't put up around like that. So he hasn't put up around like that on tour. <laughs> he no. hasn't gained over four strokes putting ever. No, he, he hasn't. And I, I just I don't anticipate that to continue. You, and, yeah. and because of that, like, I, I just don't see it. Now, if he does putt that well, obviously, you look at last week, he won. You look at when he had 3.4 strokes putting, he was second yep. at the Schwab. Um, but other than that, cracking the top 10, he needs an elite stat somewhere else, whether it's tee to green, off the tee and approach. And I don't think this is the course where if your putter's cold, you can win. And I I, I don't know if I, I think... I don't know that he's priced... I don't know where he, he has to win at 10000 I think he's okay. I think he's okay with a third or a fourth. Whoever you go with in this top tier or whoever you have in your lineups, you're going to need the winner. That's, that's, yeah, but I think you could, you could cram in two 10K guys here. The pricing's so soft. I don't think you can, and we'll talk about that later. I don't think you no. can. I don't think that, like, you talk about awful, and we'll, we'll get into it. I, that, that 6K range is a bunch of fuckers. Like, it's just oh, brutal. I, I disagree. Whatever. All right. <laughs> um, two, two more guys I want to mention in this range. First one is Rory. I, I'm going to take pieces of Rory for a, a variety of reasons. It's Rory McIlroy. We've seen this trend where golfers take some time off, they come back, and they look a lot better. Um, I think J- JT fits that bill, right? Um, sure. I think McIlroy is just too good to be performing the way he has, whether it's fading on a Saturday, fading on a Sunday. Since we've been back, you know, he, he finished 32 at the Schwab. 
41st at the Heritage and 11th at the Travelers. You know, he still missed the top 10, and he was the highest priced golfer at that point. Um, oddly enough, at the Travelers, he lost two two strokes on approach, which is not very customer, uh, which is not very custom of Rory McIlroy. So, um, I think that's going to change this weekend. Looking at the last 50 rounds for Rory, we're, we are looking at a guy who ranks second overall. Um, first in strokes gained tee to green, 22nd in approach, 14th in greens in regulation game, 17th in scrambling. One concern I have is 63rd in fairways gained, but but he is gonna you know club down quite a lot, so I'm not too oh. worried about about that driver getting a little wild. Um, and he is still gaining three, uh, you know, he still ranks third in the last 50 rounds in strokes gained off the tee. So I really like Rory here. Um, not to harp too much on JT, not going to go into the metrics and stats. We all saw him last weekend, but unlike Morikawa, and Morikawa lost in the playoffs second place, I thought the young guy would get rattled. Justin Thomas is not a is not a golfer that's inexperienced, who is young and a, and a rookie. He's 27 years old. I'm going to go right back to JT. Hopefully that it just drives him even further uh, towards winning. Um, I think it's a good bounce back spot for him. Potentially lower ownership too. So yeah, I pass. I just don't see it this week. All right, so let's go. Let's go straight to the 9K range, which do I think is stacked. I, I have no argument against any of them, but um, kick it off. Who are you going to play? Uh, you know, I like the field, and I think I'll let you talk about one of the two that I think you're going to mention. But the only guy I'm really like on on is I think is Johnny Rom at 9300, and it's mainly because his price came down. I didn't like where he was priced last week when he just I was like he's not on, he's not worth playing, uh, he's too high, he's too high priced. But I think in this field, I think he goes under owned. He has a history here of doing well. He had a six last year, a 13th and 18 and a fifth in 2015. He's actually only missed a cut once in the last five years here. Um, he's been playing a little bit better. We saw him finish, what, what was he, uh, 30, 27th last week uh, here. So in the 37th of the Travelers. He's been getting better slowly. Uh, his approach game looked good. He gained four strokes. He was off the tee. He was looked good. So he's had a full four rounds to practice here. And all he's got to do is make a little bit of adjustments, uh, adjust the putter a little bit, which he can do. Um, I like John Rahm at 9,300 as a, as a probably lower-owned guy out of this category, I think. I think a lot of people will bounce to Cantlay, Hovland, uh, Brooks, Tiger. I just like Rahm. I like Rahm, I like Cantlay, and that's pretty much where I'm going to end it. Well, Rahm at 9,300 is, is one of my favorite plays. The one thing about Rahm at 9,300, though, is he's so cheap, and he had that Sunday. That yeah. was just insanely good. Um I mean, I guess we're hoping that most of these guys playing PGA DFS aren't watching these tournaments or not, or don't maybe have access necessarily to this data. But he still gained four strokes on approach last weekend. He was second, or he had two strokes. I'm sorry, he had two strokes gained off the tee, and almost, almost a little bit over five uh, tee to green. And where he struggled was around the green. Um, when he penalized himself, it just really hurt. He didn't have a good bounce back, and he didn't have good up and down spots. And since we've gotten back from you know the pandemic and back to PGA, he has struggled. I mean, he's sure. 40, he's 40th in scrambling in the last 50 rounds, 36th in fairways gained, 51st in opportunities gained. That's I think the key thing for Johnny Rom. For Rom to be successful, he needs to score. He needs to get ahead of the field. 
Um, him not scoring is, is affecting his game. 17th in DraftKings scoring in the last 24 rounds. That's a concern for me. But still at 9,300, suppressed ownership because of how loaded this top range is. Yeah, I think you need pieces of Johnny Rahm. I completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Who else you got? I, of course, I, I don't have to say much. Everyone knows the course history, but your chalk donkey this week is Patrick Cantlay. Guy was just so good last weekend. He's going to be good this weekend. He loves this course. It's obvious, right? Um, last weekend, 1.6 strokes gained putting, 1.3 around the green, 3.8 in approach, 2.9 off the tee, and 7.9 strokes gained tee to green. That's insane. That's pretty good. Cantley playing really good golf right now, and I guess I'm not surprised that he didn't break that 10K range, but at 9,800, easily affordable, easily can get creative in your line of construction. Patrick Cantlay is a must-play this weekend. I like it. Can't disagree. Who else do you like? That's it. I end there. I see the reasons for most of these guys, but I think I'm just going to skip everyone outside of Ron. I'm going to play the 10K, the 11-1 Bryson, and then I'm gonna drop, I have to drop down. I can't fit him. All right, so what are you going to do with Tiger? Not playing. I just not not for any reason, like negative reason. I just don't have the room. My core is small. Small core. I have a lot of sub seven guys, seven k guys. So we I'm haven't go heavy on going long. We haven't seen Tiger since obviously coming back to golf. But other than uh, his match play against Phil and Manning and Brady, which you, which you argue was really non-competitive golf, but. I think there's plenty of reasons to play Tiger Woods this weekend. He's he's going to be well-prepared. You know that Tiger Woods is well-prepared to play in a golf tournament. He's won here before, probably has the best course history, you know, with the exception of someone like Cantlay. Um, I don't see a reason to not play Tiger Woods if you're going MME. I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, he's going to be prepared. He does well here. It's phenomenal. But, yeah, nope. I just it's not a reason of exposure to me. I'm just I'm tightening up my core this week. Fair enough. Um, I think all these nine K guys, kind of like you mentioned, have, have reasons to play. Xander is just straight off the tee, and you like that you know tee degree game for Xander Shoffley. He's going to be low owned. Hideki Matsuyama is is a course horse here. Um, has had a lot of great success. When you look at uh, Decky specifically at this Memorial Tournament, not necessarily last weekend, we're looking at 6th, 13th, 45th, miscut 5th, and of course he won in 2014 with an average finishing position of 14th, which ranks 11th in the field here at Muirfield. And of course you look at his recent form, 22nd at last weekend and 21st at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, the last guy I just want to mention here is Brooks Kepka, And if you're going to play Kepka. Stat-wise, he doesn't fit the course. Um, of course, he blows. He, you know, he tears it apart in his back nine on his last round on Friday. And the one thing I want to mention about Brooks: early in the week, he said he would not be here for the memorial, right? Mm-hmm. And after round two, he had a half hour to decide, and he just said, "Yep, I'm going. I'm playing." So, is he motivated? Is this motivated Brooks Kepka that you want to take advantage of? Who's going to have single-digit ownership because of how bad he's been? Mm, that's, a good, that's a good question. I mean, guess who else is here? Mr. Nemesis. We talked about narratives. 
I'm not going to play $11,100 Bryson DeChambeau because of a narrative, but I will take pieces of single-digit percent ownership Brooks Kepka because of a freaking narrative when I know this guy wins majors. And guess what? You could argue that this is very much a major field, and what does Brooks Kepka love to do in these kind of fields? Win. That's true. That's true. So, a uh, guy I guess we didn't mention was Webb Simpson, but we, everyone knows who Webb is. He's good at golf. If you can fit him in, you play him. I don't know how much I'm going to get to Webby, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. I love the 9K range. I'm not a fan. Hater. Outside of Cantlay and Rom. Outside of Cantlay and Rom, I'm not a fan. All right, so let's go to the 8K range. Yeah, let's do it. Kick it off. So I'll, I'll pick a guy that, uh, I don't know, I can't decide how where he's going to fall in ownership. He's been playing out of his mind recently from a guy we don't really expect to. He doesn't have the greatest course history here. He hasn't played since 2016 when he got 67th, and he got cut in 2015. But over his last 50 rounds on bentgrass courses, he grades out number 18, which isn't great. He's 11th in ball striking, 9th in approach, 24th in good drives. And that is Mr. 8700 Daniel Berger, which I just he's just playing great. Third RBC Heritage, won the Schwab, fourth of the Honda, sixth to 18th program, ninth of the Waste Management. I mean, you go back the last six tournaments, he hasn't got outside the top ten. And it's because his his flat stick is on fire, and he's dialed in on the approach. The only thing he struggled at since the, really since last October is around the green, which, okay, that's fine. But I don't think that matters here as much. So I really think this is a great spot for Berger. I don't know. It, it just feels good. I get it, and plus he's twenty seventh in the world golf rankings. If I'm right, if I'm looking at that right, if the current yeah, ones. No. yeah, I, I just when I looked at the stats, I looked at the name, I was like, wait, no, this can't be this, this can't be right, and it is, and I, I don't know how I've missed it this whole time, but why not? He fits here. He does fit the course. He has intangibles like his approach game. It, it's most definitely top forty in the field. In my um, expected birdie or better, he ranks tenth. Um, so it's something to consider in my simulation model though, you know, we're looking in the mid thirties with an average finishing position in the mid thirties. That's my one concern about burger is that as much as he does kind of, I would say kind of fit here. There are things that to his game that don't, um, his putter tends to go cold when you need it hot. Um, you look at his course history, 67th in 2016, missed the cut in 2015, so he hasn't had great success here. And, I mean, he hasn't played since uh, the Heritage, right? Yeah. But a first and a third. And before that, he had a fourth at the Honda, a fifth at AT&T, and a ninth Dude at the... Been, I mean, he has, he doesn't, he's never really played a string of golf this well, going back all the way. I can't even find a good string, going all the way back to 2014. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play the hot the hot year, most definitely Dan, Daniel Berger fits that mold. I agree with you on that in that regard. And I, I'm not, I'm not I, saying I, I, I'm not saying sorry, don't play I, I'm not saying don't play him, but play. I, I agree with you. I just think he's 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 figured something out. He's coming off a break where he was crushing it, and then came picked it right back up and won and got a third. I mean, to do that coming off a break, he's definitely got something figured out. Um. Guy I want to mention, who I think is also someone figuring things out, is Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, first of all, if it does get windy and nasty, 
I'm going to want Ricky Fowler because he does well in those kind of conditions. Secondly, 12th at the Rocket Mortgage, 22nd at the Workday Charity Open last weekend. He missed the cut in the first two tournaments back since the pandemic. What we've seen is a putter that's been improving. Both both tournaments had positive strokes gained. Um, but the one thing that I noticed is that we've had a mixed bag of approach. Now, when he finished in top 15 at the Rocket Mortgage, much easier course. He had 2.6 strokes gained in approach. Here at the Workday Charity Open, two point, he lost 2.1 strokes gained, but he had 4.6 strokes gained off the tee and a 6.2 strokes gained tee to green. I think this is a spot where you jump on Ricky Fowler, especially at that price point. You're not going to get him this cheap again unless we are in a major event. you got to take advantage of someone of Ricky's caliber. He can top 10 and especially top 5 at 8,800. I think we're getting to the point, though, with Ricky Fowler. He is who he is. And all of our hopes of hopefully someday winning multiple majors is kind of out the window. He's just he's he's a really 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 good golfer, but not a great golfer. And maybe we just was sold on the Puma, right? You know, we wanted the guy and wearing orange and all those bright colors and the long hair and the Olympic tattoo on his arm to win something. But um, um, I still like Ricky Young, and I'm going to play him. I've played him in every single tournament so far coming back from the pandemic, and I'm going to continue to do so. Yeah, I don't hate it. Ricky's one of the guys I like too. I just he fits well with the, with everything. He fits well. All right, your turn. Uh, Eighty three hundred. Tony Finau, I think is a good bounce back spot for him coming in. He grades out ninth overall for me, and that's because last fifty rounds on bent grass courses, strokes gained par five. He's number two. Par four scoring four fifty to five hundred. Number seven and ball striking. He is number six. His best putting surface is bent grass because he struggled on the putter recently. He's also a great win player in all conditions, so I think that's a great thing to have, depending on where he ends up on a tee time. As we've seen, you know, he's been struggling putting the last four or five rounds. He's gone negative, but this is the perfect spot for him to bounce back. Uh, I think he goes under-owned here, and it's just, I, I love it. I love that he hasn't played well. He missed the cut last year, but before that, 13th, 40th, 11th, and 8th. So he's had success on this course, and for 8,300, if he gets you anywhere in the top 10, that's a, that's a win for me. Yeah, in this 8K range, Finau is the only one who averaged a top 10 position in the simulation model um, and averaged about 85.48 DraftKings points, which is a value of 10.3. Expected about 4.68 birdies. Um, I I love Finau in this spot. I I just pray that he goes under own. He never does, but... I think it's one of those spots where Finau can most definitely just kick some ass here. If you follow him on Twitter, you saw he shot that, was it the 59 at his home yeah. course? Yeah. Um, I wonder how many mulligans he takes. Right. But um, so we'll see with Finau. Um, I'm most definitely going to own him. Looking at his average finishing position here at the Memorial, it's 18th place. Missed the cut here last year, but 13th, 40th, 11th, and 8th. He's a grinder. He's great bounce back potential. Um, 17th in the world golf rankings. Finau, lock him up. Lock him up. Lock him up. Uh, another 8K guy I wanted to mention is Sung J M. Sung J M has kind of been a disappointment since we've gotten back. Hell yeah. 63rd last weekend. 53rd, 58th, missed the cut at a 10th at the Schwab. Normally, we see the Terminator make cut after cut after cut, and if he makes the cut, he's at least top 30, and most definitely always fighting within the top 10. 
but it just looks something like something's off, right? Um, whether yeah. it's co- course fit, whatever the case may be. Thing is, though, he has the approach game to succeed here. He has the game off the tee to succeed here. The only question is the putter. Now, we've talked about this, how volatile the stat is, strokes game putting. I think Sung J.M. at low ownership, the Terminator, can most definitely easily come into play here as a sneaky high upside play. My only concern that if this win comes to fruition and just gets crazy, I don't know how well I trust Sungjae in a windy day. Yeah, I'm going to pass on Sungjae until he can show me he is the Termin- like T2, the Terminator. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to get him when everyone already knows to get on him. That's the thing with that. Like, I don't want to be on Sungjae when everyone knows to get on Sungjae. And you're going to know because on, let's say he makes the cut and he has like a round like Rom did. They're yeah, but do you want to force it here? Is this the course that you think he's going to He's only played once and did a 57. So, I mean, is this where you want to force him in? I don't think this is the week. I don't think it's a force if you put him in, like, mass multi-entry. I don't think you put him in, like, a single. No. I, I don't know. I, I'd rather just go with Finau, and then I've got another guy below him. But All right. I, I think I think I think Sung Jae is a viable option. Who else you got? Uh, 8K who doesn't grade out well. Jason Day uh, I think is in another good spot. He'll go under own. I mean, historically over the last six events, he's gone under eight percent owned, which is great. Um, he's got decent course history here. And in the past couple of years, he got cut last year, but a 44th, a 15th, and a 27th, going back three years before that. Um, Got seventh last week, work day. So, I mean, played well on the course, and he didn't really excel in any really stat. T to green, just 6.2 strokes, great. But he it wasn't because his putter was shit hot. He was good around the green. He was good off the tee. He was all right on approach. I mean, as long as he can maintain a solid game, he can easily top 10 this thing again. And he's got the ability to play in the wind, which could come into play here as well. Um, I love Jason Day at 8K here, and I'm going to roll with him again. What about Cooch? I think I yeah I just think the ownership on Cooch is gonna be a little bit too high. I I really don't. I think there's so many guys up here that Coocher's gonna get overlooked. Really, his course history is phenomenal. I agree, but think about it. I could play Fino or Coocher. Who are you gonna play? I can play Jason Day or Matt Coocher. Who are you gonna play? I can go down to J- seventy nine hundred Paul Casey or Neiman. Who are you gonna play? Like most guys aren't gonna play Coocher in this case, not in this field. You don't think so? I don't think so. I I think Cooch goes low owned. But uh, he's been so highly owned the last like couple of events. And that's right. He's burned everyone minus last week. And even right, last, last even last week yeah. he, he didn't really pay off right in the end. No, he didn't. No, he did not. When you get to when you get to the you know by Sunday, another guy's been really popular is Fatty here at eighty four hundred. No. Get him away from me. Another guy's Justin Rose. Yeah, I can see the Rose play. I, Rose is in a bounce back spot. Oh, absolutely! But I I don't know if I I can trust it. Like two real two either. really bad miscuts. It's too high. It's too price price too high. I mean he he almost just quit. It's too much. It's too much. Eight nine hundred. No, come on. That's that's out of control. Well, we'll we'll see what the rest of the industry does with Justin Rose. But uh, all right, let's go down to the seven K range, and this is just large. 
This it's is so large. Just massive. And for the second time this year, I'm going to do something that I hate doing. No, you're not going to say Sergio. I'm going to say Sergio. Oh, boo. Now, if you don't know, I despise Sergio Garcia as a human being. <laughs> and I put him on my quote-unquote do not playlist, which includes Buster Posey and DeMar DeRozan. But I am going to play Sergio Garcia this weekend. How can you not, man? How can you not? I'm not going to disagree. He's a good fit. I, I don't disagree. All right. In my approach model, ranks 11th overall. Off the tee, 19th overall. Scoring, he's 17th. Yeah, of course, the putter is something that you're, you're going to always miss. All right. He's never, ever played here, which worries me. But it's Sergio Garcia. The experience is there. He can easily just come in and, and be successful. Recently, I kind of made a vow to kind of fade these guys who are 39, 40, 41, 42. Um, but Sergio, 40 years old, I'm going to take the experience. I like Sergio here. He fits this course well. He, it, It's just a good spot for him. It really is. Now, I don't, I don't disagree. Looking at Sergio's numbers in the last 50 rounds, he ranks 14th in strokes gained tee to green, 19th in ball striking. 28th in opportunities gain and 7th in strokes gain off the tee, which we have seen is very important here, according to last week. The one thing I like, though, is 35th in approach. Where we have struggled is fairways gained, but remember, we're putting the driver away this weekend, so it shouldn't be as difficult for Sergio Garcia to have success. I don't disagree with you. Not at all. Not at all. All right, 7K range. Keep going. All right, so I'm going to go with Kevin Streelman here at 7,600. The dude just plays well here. Last five years, made the cut every year. Fourth last year. His worst appearance, 44th in 2018. Tied to the 13, 2017, T8, 2016, and T18 in 2015. That's pretty good for a guy who's priced at 7,600. Granted, harder field. That's okay. He actually also plays better in moderate and windy conditions, so I will also take that as a win. Uh, we've shown that he has still got it as he got a seventh at the workday. Uh, his putter was on, which we do expect, but he's also 3.2 strokes gain off the tee and 3.9 on approach. So his entire game minus around the green was all firing. So all he's got to do is come out here and just replicate it again. And we should see Streelman just continue to crush. Uh, I don't worry that much about his ownership here. Uh, I think he'll be a little on the high side, but there's plenty of other ways to differentiate. He's smack in the middle of the 7k range. I'm all over Streelman. Fair enough. I'll, I'll touch on him later. Um, oh. Oh. Um, I'm going to go straight to Paul Casey, who's just too cheap at 7,900. Um, he really is. He, he he fits this course extremely well in terms of his approach play, his off-the-tee game, and his putting. And, I mean, come on, man. He, he's 24th in the world, and he's 7,900. Hundred dollars. I don't understand this pricing because I get it. He missed a cut in 2016, but 13th place in 2014. The swing has changed by 2014 since then. Don't get me wrong, but he knows this course. He's played here before. It's not like he's running into any surprises, and he's $7,900, and he's one of the best players in the world. How is Paul Casey not a lock? How is Paul Casey just not super chalky? 
Like, I just don't understand here. He jumped out to me as well. I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I don't know why. I can't come up with a reason other than, like, he just hasn't played here. Except for 2015. I mean, when he made the cut way back in 2014. But, I don't know. I would, I, I would have swapped him and Fitzy. I would have put Fitzy at 7,900, but Paul Casey at 81. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that, 100%. I don't know why he's such... I, I just don't know. But it's just... I'm just not comfortable with it. He, he's I, I he made my cut the first and second uh, group that I started knocking people off, but I don't know. Something just tells me that I shouldn't do it. Don't do it. Can't it's do it. It's a trap. It. I don't know why, but it is. All right. The next guy I want to mention, I'm going back to him, even though he burned me last week and has been on. Just has an impeccable course history here. There's no reason to fade him. You saw it on, on, on Friday. He would have made the cut had it got gotten to that rain delay. You always have to deal with Benny's putter. It's brutal. But the guy's, the guy's awesome to follow on Twitter, first of all, if you're not doing it. But he's an impeccable approach game, solid scoring. Rigs 28th overall in my scoring model, 25th in my fairways model. His course history here at the Memorial, 17th, 2nd, 25th, and 11th. If you're going to get that kind of finishing position out of Benny Hahn at 7,700, it kind of makes sense, right? It's a no-brainer. I hope the miscut last weekend deters ownership. And people just were burned, and they're saying, look, I'm not going to play Benny Hahn. I'm going to go up to someone like Paul Casey. Um, but we'll see. Benny Hahn's probably going to be a popular play. But um, I'm going straight back to that well. Yeah, I don't hate it. I think you're, you're, you've got some ownership leverage there for sure. I mean, it was pretty awful. Who else? I'm going to go with the guy who... His stats don't really jump out at you, but the more I look into him, the more I kind of like him. And it's 7,200 for Shane Lowry. He's only played here twice in the last five years, a 52nd in 2018 and a T15 uh, back in 2017. But what I do like about him is he's a great, of all three putting services, he is the best on bent grass. Of all easy, average, and difficult rounds, he is he gains the most strokes when it's average or difficult, even better when it's difficult rounds, 0.77 strokes per round. And... He gains almost 2.26 strokes per round on extremely windy conditions. All three of those things could come into play this weekend, which I think will elevate Lowry up my list more if he ends up in a rough tee time where he has to play in the wind. Um, to me, he doesn't jump off the charts really well, but he's kind of just middle of the road. The last 50 rounds, he grades up 47th overall, and that's because he's really in the mid-30s on pretty much JR's game, par 4 scoring, 46 in good drives. Not the greatest, but, you know, he's, he's holding his own. He got 39th here last week, so he's played the course a couple days ago. And he only struggled off the tee, and he lost almost three strokes off the tee. If he can figure that out and get it under control, which he had been leading up to this event, I think we see Lowry easily in the top 25. Uh, and I think I'll be overexposed on him, especially if the wind picks up. Well, Lowry gained strokes putting last weekend. In fact, the only place he lost strokes was off the tee, and it probably cost him a top 25 because of that. He finished yeah, in 39th. For sure. But... Um, you look at the Travelers, where he did gain 1.4 strokes off the tee. And in fact, um, since since uh, the WGC Mexico, last weekend was the only time he lost strokes off the tee. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see Lowry's ownership. I know a few guys have already been talking him up. So I, I don't think he's going to be coming as sneaky as you want him to be. The one thing you do have going for Lowry is that he hasn't done the top 20, top 10 yet. Um, so I think that's where it still kind of says like it suppresses that ownership. So I think he still comes in about six percent, five six. 
I think potentially even lower than that, just because it's such a loaded field. It's perfect. Like a lot of these guys are just going to get lost in that shuffle. Um, so I'm going to go back to Poulter, just kind of like how I mentioned it last weekend. The guy just fits this course, and again, he's going to get suppressed ownership. Um, it should be a little bit elevated, though, because of the fifth-place finish at the, at the workday. But that's not going to say, hey, don't play Ian Poulter. He's too cheap at $7,600. He likes this course. He fits this course. And then I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with this, like, Doc Redman, Billy Horschel, Kays, <laughs> Sabatini. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that range necessarily because, like, I don't need – I don't think you need to go there this weekend. Right? No, I don't, I don't think – no, you don't have to at all. Like you're looking for value and you're looking for solid play. I I think the best play of that group from seventy six hundred down to seven thousand is is Hadwin. Yep, I'd agree with that. I mean Hadwin, if you look at last weekend, finished thirty fifth. He finished fourth at the Rocket Mortgage. Hasn't missed a cut since the pandemic began. Has had course history here, mind you. Though it's not been great course history. 57th and 2015th, 11th and 2016th, missed the cut in 2017, 74th in 2018, and 52nd in 2019, an average finishing position of 49. So you're hoping that like Hadwin puts things together in terms of like his putter and approach, and where he does struggle most often is around the green. So if he's missing greens, you can expect a miscut cut for Hadwin. And if that wind kicks up, I didn't look at Hadwin and the wind, but we'll take a look right now. Um, where you at, buddy? Hadwin in the wind. Not good. No good. No. No. No good. No, no good. No good. So it, wind in difficult courses make no good. If the wind does come, I think Hadwin becomes a fade for me. But other than that, I, I like Hadwin here. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. If he ends up on a favorable tee time, sure. Um. Anyone else you want to mention? Uh, I'll have a little bit of Wolf. I'll have a little bit of Glover. That's about it. Yeah, I really like Glover, and um, he, he ranks out very well for me. Uh, he's going to be very popular just because of his Vegas odds. I think they're sure. the best in this range. <sighs> I'm going to do it. Who? I'm going back to Scotty Scheffler. No, stop. Why? Just PayPal me the money. He's good at golf, right? Is he? Is he? Supposed to be. Used to be. I don't know. Nah, no thanks. I'll pass. Joaquin Neiman, Corey Connors. And if you really, 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 really want the the beak, Oppie last week, go back to Joel Dahman, though I don't think I'm going to do it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, let's do it. Can't do it. Can't. Can't do it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. Do it first. Well, I, got, I, I have to introduce the segment. Are you going to let me introduce the segment for our new listeners? Fine, please. You do realize that this show has been growing weekly. I do. I do. Actually. Weekly. I appreciate weekly. every single person. Like, substantial listenership is improving. Um, 
As an aside, totally unrelated, I've been watching a ton of Schwarzenegger movies lately. I don't know why. Anyways, this is our signature segment, the can't, the can't do it, won't do it, can't play them, where Zach and I break down golfers who are going to have 10% ownership or higher that we can not play. Can't do it, won't do it, don't do it. Don't. You kick it off. Oh, you want me to go first? Fine. There's a guy that I am just sick and tired of playing. And I'm not going to play him anymore. I didn't play him last week because I had him I had him highlighted. We talked about him. And the more I talked about him, the more I didn't want to play him. And I'm glad I didn't because he only got 22nd. Which you'd think it'd be disappointing. Or not disappointing. But it is because this guy can never win. And it's Hideki Matsuyama. I am not playing. I just can't. He can't win. He can't putt. My God. This guy has lost strokes putting. I can't, I can't scroll far enough back. Since August of 19, he's only gained stroke putting in one round at WGC Mexico. In an event where he couldn't get cut. So maybe he would have missed the cut anyway. Whatever. 22nd at the workday last week. He did great on approach. Great tee to green. Tee to green but he can't close. And he can't finish. And God knows what would have happened in the playoff. If it was him and JT or Morikawa, it wouldn't even got past the first hole. Because there's no way Matsuyama has any type of ice in his veins like these other guys. I'm not paying any price over 9K ever for Matsuyama in, in the near future. Unless it's an amateur field. And even then it's questionable. Can't do it. I'm out. I'm going to have a lot of decky. I'm just telling you right now. I'm gonna have, Stop. I'm gonna have, no, you're not. Yes, I'm going to have a lot of decky. Absolutely. Why? I'm going to have a lot of Why? Decky. Why? Tell me why you're going to... Please, oh I just need to know why. All right. Let, let's go through it all. In my confidence... Rank. There's no confidence. Ranks fifth. Simulation model. Average is top 15. Garbage. In my aggregate ranking, sixth. My overall ranking, third. Now, we'll skip over putting. <laughs> do, do you want to know where he ranks out in my overall ranking? Well, uh, sixth. Sixth. And I'm not playing him. All right. He ranks third in my approach model. He ranks 11th in my off the team model. And you look at the course history, man, specifically at the memorial. 6th, 13th, 45th, miscut, 5th, 1st place, 22nd last weekend, 21st at the Rocket Mortgage. I will hope and pray that the hot Wait. putter comes. Wait a minute. When was that 1st place? 2014. Okay. Way back. When did he get... I'm going to throw out a, a marriage narrative for you. When did he get married? Uh, I don't know. Now, now go backtrack. Fowler, Spieth. And Matsuyama, when they got married, and check how many tournaments they've won since. It's the I old. Guarantee you, it trends downward. It's the old, the old Rocky line: women weak in legs. It's true. We have not seen the same Fowler. We have not seen the same Speed, and we have definitely not seen the same Matsuyama since they all three got married. I, I I'm not I, I, just saying. I need more data than that. Than three yes. golfers. How do you explain Tiger? How do you explain three, Tiger? Three, look what happened to Tiger. He got divorced. That was not. Yeah, he, he disappeared from golf forever. Blame the injuries if you want to, but I feel like golf clubs had something to do with that. Being hit with golf clubs. Just saying. <laughs> In case you didn't catch that. Um, no, but I mean, three elite golfers that were crushing the world, what changed? What changed? Easy. What? Ricky has, Ricky, and Matsuyama Dude. were never crushing the world of golf. Are you kidding me? Ricky was the perennial number two 
forever. And then what? He just all of a sudden misses every cut? Never never won a major. You can't call that. Like, people are wrong. You know that. And I'm telling you. I'm, they, so, they, I'm sorry. The dude got more top fives than than I can't even count. And he's got he can't even come close anymore. Dude, I loved Ricky coming into golf, man. I bought one of those watermelon color. I'm all about Ricky. I'm a Ricky fan. I'm a Ricky fan. I'm a I'm a speed fan too. I'm just pointing to the data that shows there was one thing that changed in their life. I'm a pro married man. I love it. But I'm just telling you, priorities change. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. I am not playing Matsuyama. He cannot putt. That is number one. Two, he can't close. And three, the data is pointing me towards he got married. He can't play golf anymore. He can't win tournaments anymore. <sighs> all right. My can't. That do was it. gonna be my. Se- that was gonna be my second. Can't do it, but you got me into it early, so there you go. All right, so you can. <laughs> I'm gonna go to my first. Can't do it, and that's gonna be Doc Redman. I think Doc Redman's gonna get a lot of talk this weekend, just because he just seems to always get this from certain touts. But now you look at his course history here. He missed the cut in 2018, but we are looking at potential ownership currently projected at over. 10%. I don't like eating chalky 7K guys at 10%. Doc Redman fits that bill. No thank you. He does not fit this course very well. Doc Redman can't do it. I like that call. I'm, I'm off the Doc Redman train as well. Do you have another one? I already went on my second rant. <laughs> I'm going to go again. And... <laughs> We're going to play the 7K don't eat chalk narrative, and I'm just going to not play Streelman. Aww. I will play him in cash, but I'm just not going to play him in tournaments. Makes no sense. Maybe I'll play him in, in three max, but I'm, and, and that's just like a, a, like he'll fill out a single bullet in one of the three maxes. But um, don't get me wrong. Seventh last weekend, second at the Travelers, impeccable course history here. Everything says play Kevin Streelman, but... You talk about a leverage spot. The guy's probably going to be anywhere from 18 to 24% owned. No, thank you. 7K guy. Don't do it. Fine. Can't do it. Look Fine. at look at Joel Dahman last week. No, you're right. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I'm still going to have some of them, but I I can see why. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else you want to rant on? Nope. I've covered all three. Anyone else you want to rant about their marriages? Hey, I'm all for it. Like, let's let's... Everyone get married. That's fine. Have a good time. But you're probably not going to be number one or two overall call full ranking anymore. Just saying. (laughs) Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. This takes us to our MG Monsters and Guarantee. Where Zach and I will pick our monster, our 6K player, to finish in the top 25. And our guarantee, our 6K player, that we guarantee to make the cut. This is the Monsters and Guarantee Martin Pillar effect. Zach, this is your segment, man. You always kick this shit off. Let's go. 
Alright, so uh, let's recap. Last week, real quick, I am one more up on you because Pat Perez snuck through the guarantee line. I lost out because J.B. Holmes withdrew, which really was annoying. But then my backup, Q-Hone Lee, almost pulled off a top 25, got T33. Almost got there! Uh, so, I'm up on you 3-0. So this is your chance to come back because I'm going to go a little bit off the wall this week. I'm going to start off with a monster at 6,300, Tyler Duncan. Mm. Um... You know, he's accurate with his driver, which I really do like. Uh, he won the RSM way back in uh, November of 19. But, you know, he had a complete game going there. Decent with the putter. Um, he's cheap overall. And I just I just feel like he could break out here. I know it's not the best field. I know it's, it's tough. But he also got 19th at the Tournament of Champions in January of 20. So he can compete. He's made the last four cuts. He's probably feeling pretty good. He took a break after the Rocket Mortgage where he got 53rd. Off the tee game was on it was good. I just like his chances here. I like his chances to sneak through with a monster top 25 finish. So I have to change my... Uh, I had something else listed, but I'm changing it. <laughs> okay. So, Duncan, 6,300. All right, my monster, and quite excited about this one, is RCB. Rafa Cabrera. Leo. Course history is limited. Only finished 41st last year in 2019. And of course, in a, since the pandemic, return a 23rd at the Schwab, but then a miscut at the Heritage, miscut at the Rocket Mortgage. Look at the fairways and greens. He's 33rd in the field, 26th in my approach model, 26th in scoring, and 38th overall in putting you look at my simulation model an average finish of 35th but i'm willing to risk it a hot putter puts him in the top 20 rcb is a monster mm, interesting do you have a backup uh i do and that would be mr ryan moore fair enough Ryan Moore uh, ranks 29th overall in my aggregate reigning, ranking and 22nd overall in my uh, in my overall ranking. Obviously, you need a hot putter for Ryan Moore. It's the biggest weakness in his game, but his approach game fits here. He's solid off the tee, to be accurate. Look at his course history. Every time he's made the cut, he's got an average, average finishing position of 26th place. I like to see that. 33rd last year, 13th the year before, then a missed cut, 48th in 2016, 18th in 2015, 19th in 2014. We're looking at very, very, very suppressed ownership with three straight missed cuts since our return from the COVID layoff. But Ryan Moore, you are my other monster. All right. I'll throw out uh, previous winner, Jason Duffner from 6,500 here. Uh, played here five times in the last five years, made the cup four of the five times, and would qualify for the monster three of those five times with a seven, T7 last year, won it in 2017, and a T24 in 2015. His so other cut is a T33. Granted, he hasn't been playing the best golf lately, but he did finish 56 last week here. So, I mean, all he's got to do is improve a little bit, get about double more. He can sneak through. I think it's a, far, it's a, it's a long shot here, but he's got the course history. I like Duffner. Moving on to our guarantee of the week. For me, it's going to be a guy who just, if you look at his stats for this week, uh, no thanks. But he has made the cut here three or four times, most recently in 2018, so he didn't play in 2019. He got T8. Patrick Rogers at 6,800. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It doesn't look great. But 
You know, he missed the cut last week, but it was only because his putter was off. I think if he gets his putter back on, we could see another repeat performance like he had at the Rocket Mortgage where he finished 45th because only his putter was on. So if he even those out a little bit, I'm all about it. So he plays the best golf on bent grass, difficult courses, and moderate wind. All three of those things could be true. I think Patrick Rogers makes it through the cut this week. No issue. I like that call. And he's a little overpriced. 6800 is a little much. A little more than I wanted to pay for a guarantee, but we'll see. What about you? You going back to the well? Uh, you know, I was going to say Furyk, but I think that's just too easy. Is it? Because it was supposed to be easy last week. Yeah, but he's missed cuts here before. This is a tough course. Like, JT, JT's missed cuts here before, and he finished in second place last weekend. He could easily miss the cut this weekend, but I'm actually going to go Zach Johnson. Uh, I, you know, I was debating on that. Too. Good call. I like that. Um, Zach Johnson, since we've gotten back from the COVID, he made the cut at the Schwab, missed it at the Heritage, but then 11th at the Travelers last weekend, 31st. Lost strokes, actually, tee to green off the tee and approach, so that's kind of concerning, but the week before that, he was, like, playing outside like outside of his mind, like, insanely good. Um, just seems to grind in, in a good bounce-back spot, especially if it's windy. So, Zach, Zach Johnson will be my guarantee to make the cut. I like that call. I do. I, I was That was a tough... I was going to pick Zach Johnson. That's a, that's a good call. Other guys, I think, that kind of fit that, that mold was someone like Bud Cauley. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Furick, we mentioned. Brendan Todd kind of fits there. Uh, yeah, I like Brendan Todd. So, um, Max Homa was trolling people on Twitter, so that was fun. I might, <laughs> like, it's just fun seeing PGA guys, like, troll DFS people. So that's fun. But I really am not a fan of the 6K range. Yeah, I mean, outside of the guys you mentioned... I can't even get a tie. I already said him. Henrik Norlander kind of makes an interesting shot here, especially if it's windy. Stuart Sink, I've seen some people talk about. Yeah, Stuart, Stuart Sink makes sense. But, and but maybe Stricker. Stricker at 6K is interesting. I don't want to go that low. I, I hope a lot of people do, like, stars and scrubs and try to fit in 6K guys. I just don't think you have to. Like, what are you going to do? Play Nate Lashley, Chezzy, Ryan Palmer, Chucky Three, really? Chucky Three, boys, Chucky Three Sticks. Like no, thank you. Um, I think I I I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to just really balance it out and get the best players in my lineups and, and deviate with salary allocation. I think that's just what I'm gonna do this weekend. That's fair. So that's fair. I like it. All right. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Twin cities. Well, it's over. It is all over. Yeah. That'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the memorial. Join us next week as we break down the show. Twin Cities in Minnesota. 3M Open. Uh, Matthew Wolf. Bryson DeChambeau. Colin Morikawa. Top three. Or top two, actually. They will T2. So. Everyone's playing this week. No one's going to play next week. You're probably So next week's going to be amateur hour. Special shout out to Fanshare Sports for their support of our show. 
Really want to thank you, the listener, for spending time with us. Zach, thank you for your contributions to another amazing kick-ass show. Appreciate all the work that you do for the cut line. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Michael Cavalunas. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas. And, of course, you can find the cut line at T-Cutline. And remember, this tournament's in Ohio. Ohio! <laughs> Ohio! <laughs> Get those lineups in early. 6-6 six six through and GPP wieners! Yeah. And winners, golf starts Thursday. Woo! Later.